Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Romans 8, the Bible says, the earth, you have to take this kind of with a picture in your mind. The earth is groaning. What's it groaning about? It was never meant to be this way. Polluted, all this change in life and all kinds of stuff like that. And our world is so polluted. You know plastics. We're finding them in the ocean. I was reading an article the other day. Eventually, if it continues like this in 20, 30 years, there's going to be more plastic in our oceans than fish. When people think about the end times and Jesus' second return, a lot of the focus is on what happens to people, and that's understandable. But one aspect that can be missed is what's happening to the planet Earth itself during this time. While the Antichrist is waging war and doing all of his evil, the planet will be suffering as well. Huge hailstones, earthquakes, oceans of blood. Pastor Mark will be teaching about God's final judgment on man, which will include the fall's effect on the physical world. God's going to make everything right, and it's going to be glorious. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Paradise Restored During the Millennium. Now, that thousand-year reign will be safe and peaceful because Jesus is in charge and Satan is blocked up. When the church began, we're the church age, the church of Jesus Christ, all the churches that love Jesus and turn their life to him, it started on the day of Pentecost. There it is, the present church age. Then the rapture of the church, where all believers go to heaven, Instantly, get it. Wait, not to the wrath. We're not going through the tribulation. We get there. People that have died already as Christians, they go a little ahead of us, and we get our new glorified bodies. Okay, good, good, good. Next thing that happened was, all of a sudden, here's a seven-year tribulation. We went through all of that. What happened? That was God's wrath on the earth, people that said, not interested in you, not interested in you. And so that changed everything right there. And then Jesus comes back to the earth, defeats everybody, and he is now king of kings and lords of lords. He, he has set up his kingdom on the earth. Now, what happens right after that? Now, understand the return of Christ. Everything, we go right into the millennial reign of Christ. And watch me. Look at this. Every person that goes into the millennium is saved. There's no unbelievers that go in. Every single person that goes in. So let me see how many of you will go in to that. Okay, well, we might, that's good, that's great. We might have a great altar call. Because <laughs> some of you, if, unless you misunderstood what I said, you're not saved, you won't go into that. You won't get, there's another place. You don't want to go to the other place. 
So you see what happened? We'll just do a little short ending to the book of Revelation because we're going to talk about a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. Now, think about Satan. Satan loves to divide. He divides worlds, families, missions. Let me give you an example. What comes to your mind when you hear these two words? The United Nations. The UN. You are unnecessary. (laughs) The UN. Can you say, when you hear United Nations, do you believe that all the nations of the world are united in unity? They all agree? I like never. It just doesn't happen. Well, there's another one. The United States. When you think about the United States, are the states, the people, Congress, our political society, are they all united? Horrible. By the way, I'll just give you a clue. This is up front. There will be no politics in the millennium. (laughs) Okay. Don't email me. Let me just go right on now. You see, in our time, our world right now is filled with division, not unity. That's because Satan is ruling our world now. He loves to divide people. God loves to unite, make us one. So our world is filled with immorality, hatred, pain, disease, death, and there is no real peace at all. But Jesus has a solution. Now, I'm going to share with you, so this will make sense to you. Many of the things I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you and to me during that thousand years is not from the New Testament. It's from the Old Testament. They're prophecies of what was going to happen. So here's the first one. Isaiah, Old Testament. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. When's the last time you saw an international dispute (laughs) resolved? Are you kidding? And they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Could I hear an amen right there? Now, why is that? Because Satan's bound up. He has no influence on a thousand years. The Prince of Peace, he'll be there. He's going to destroy all the weapons. No military training anywhere. No wars. And there'll be a world of peace for a thousand years. There's nobody I'm talking to. Actually, there's nobody in the world that's ever experienced lasting peace in our world. You say, oh, yes, Pastor Mark, there was a World War I, and then it ended. Well, what happened next? World War what? Two. You never have it. So we will experience peace for a thousand years. You've never experienced it. I've never experienced that. So here's what I want to say to you. The millennium, a thousand year reign of real world peace. You say, Pastor Mert, really? Are you sure of that? Well, here's the Bible. Micah 4.4. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity. There'll be no need for a thousand years. Enjoying their own grapevines, fig trees, for there will be nothing to what? Nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. So that's a promise from God. Can you imagine living a thousand years with no fears of any kind? I won't ask you, but I guarantee you, in the last month, you and I 
have had fears at least once, probably more than that. Different things happening whenever we have fears. And we just have to ask God, God, I need peace. I need peace. We'll never have to ask God that because all of our fears will be gone. No murders, no rapes, no mass shootings, no abortions. Do you know that we'll be able to do something that only old people remember? So you young people, just hold on. How many of you people remember you as a person living in a home, you lived at a home when the front door and the back door are always left open? Let me see your hands. There you go. See, you young people are going, what are you, crazy? What do we do today? When you get ready to walk out of the house, what does your spouse say to you? Did you like the front door? Did you like the screen door? Did you put the garage down? Am I right? In the thousand years, no crime. Now think of that. No need for a key. Alexa will go crazy. Because <laughs> there's no fear. Why? Because there's no crime. Why? Because Satan is locked up. The ruler is the prince of peace. His name is Jesus. He's going to rule. See, it's hard for us to understand that, but that's exactly that. A peace that passes understanding. Verse 4. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. This would have been during the tribulation. Because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their forehead or their hands. A 666. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So as John is looking up. And in Jerusalem, and let me just explain this, Jesus will be on the throne in the city of Jerusalem. That's God's city. Next to him will be King David from the Old Testament, who will be kind of like his vice president. So when he looks up, he sees these people ruling with Christ and with David. And these people are the Old Testament believers, people who died during the Old Testament time. New Testament believers, that's you and me. We'll either die there or go up in the rapture. And Jesus' apostles, the 12 apostles, will be there. And the tribulation Christ followers who died for their faith, they'll be there as well because they're believers. And what we're going to do, you'll see this later in our teaching, we're going to help govern and judge people who choose during this thousand years to rebel against God. Now, I know you're saying, well, wait a minute. You said everybody that goes into millennium are believers. That's true. I'll show you how that works in a minute. Now, verses five and six, I'm not even going to read it this morning because I'm going to put that toward the end of chapter 20 because it fits perfectly. Just look at verse five and six. You'll see a couple interesting words. And they are basically first resurrection. What's first resurrection mean? And then you're going to see as you go there, second death. What's that mean? Well, you're going to see there's a first resurrection and a second resurrection. There's going to be a first death and a second death. So let's scoot on down. When the world was created, it was created perfect. There was no pollution. There was none of the kind of things we see, hurricanes, storms, tornadoes, all that destruction. So much so that it was called, Garden of Eden was called paradise. Exactly. But when sin came, you remember what happened immediately with Adam and Eve. Well, women are going to what? It's going to be painful in childbirth. The guys are going to work in the gardens or whatever. There was no crabgrass. 
Seriously, there was no crabgrass in paradise. There's going to be no crabgrass on my lawn in a thousand-year reign. Praise God. <laughs> crabgrass always grows more than regular grass. You know what I'm talking about. It comes up in the cement, for crying out loud. Plus, remember the thorns? All the stuff that you have to... No bugs, none of that kind of stuff, all gone. Well, what happens is everything is going to be kind of restored during the thousand years to a Garden of Eden-like. By the way, Romans 8, the Bible says the earth... You have to take this kind of with a picture in your mind. The earth is groaning. What's it groaning about? It was never meant to be this way. Polluted, all this change in life and all kinds of stuff like that. And our world is so polluted. You know plastics. We're finding them in the ocean. I was reading an article the other day. Eventually, if it continues like this in 20, 30 years, there's going to be more plastic in our oceans than fish. Because it's going to be horrible. I was watching a video, and it was like a 1,000 miles or something from Hawaii. It was a beautiful island. And baby animals were being born that were in the water. I can't remember what they were. And mom and dad would go out and get their stuff for the new babies, and they would feed it to the baby. They didn't realize they were putting plastic into the baby. All the babies died. Well, we don't have that today. Yeah, we do. But 1,000 years, we're not going to have any pollution Nothing. It's going to be perfect. Well, look at what happens. Look at the promise. Sin's curse on nature will be what? Totally removed. Isaiah 11, 6 and 8. Here it is. The wolf will live with the lamb. If you have a wolf and a lamb in your backyard, what do you have now? It's called lamb chops. (laughs) But they're going to live together. Now think of that. Next, the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. Hey, Johnny, where you been? Oh, I've been taking the lion for a walk. (laughs) Had to go potty. (laughs) What? Look at the next. The cow will feed with the bear. The young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. Somebody kind of talked to me last night. What does that mean for us? <laughs> well, it could be, and don't quote me because I have no idea what's going to happen. But you know how the world started. What were we when the world started? We were vegetarians. So I'll have some, some straw for you to start practicing on. <laughs> No, no. But we don't know. Maybe we'll go back. See, animals didn't kill each other in those days, not at all. It wasn't until after the flood that God said, you can have meat. But I don't know what that really means. But verse 8 gives me shivers. Look at verse 8. The infant will play near the hole of a cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. Now remember, there's no fear. So that means it's going to be safe. That's impossible for us to understand. Now, here's the big one. The length of life will be increased. Well, of course. Isaiah 65, 20. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. What is that meaning? That means children that were born and maybe a day after they die, they die because of 
some kind of a disease or whatever, stillborn, that kind of a thing. But it's much broader than that. Notice here, there never again will there be an infant who lives but a few days. You know what Australia just did last week? I was studying the news. They have approved, just like New York has and many other states now, when a baby comes out and the baby's alive, the mother can say, kill the baby. And what made me so mad. I know I shouldn't be like that, but I was angry. The guy that was pronouncing this, he's like the second person in Australia, leader. And he says, I have to apologize to the whole nation of Australia. We should have put this law in 20 years ago. Well, what's going to happen? There's no abortions in the millennium. Amen? There's some kind of walk today on 192 to saying abortion's wrong. Obviously, it's killing. Now, when you see the rest, take a look at this as you walk through here. Or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at 100 will be thought to be a mere youth. Man, next week, I'm 76, baby. I'm a young... Well, probably not. (laughs) If it doesn't come pretty soon, you'll see me later, but I'll have a brand new body by then. Okay, so can you think of that? And what that's really saying to us, he who fails to reach 100 will be considered a curse. (laughs) We're going to live to be... A thousand years old. Somewhere who is less dies at a hundred. What in the world? You're a child. Well, that's going to be amazing. Here's the big one for lots of people. There will be no more birth defects or sickness. Here's what it says. Then will the eyes of the blind be open, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue Shout for joy. What is that? No disabilities at all. Now, everything I'm reading that's going to be corrected in the millennium, who caused all that? Satan. God never said, well, let's have some children be blind. Never. Satan. Steal, kill, destroy. Where is he? Tied up. Can't do anything. That's going to be paradise. It's going to be a parent. We'll all be perfect because of God. Now, watch next. There will be perfect justice. Isaiah eleven four. He will give justice to the poor, make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. You'll see that in a moment. In other words, no more unjust trials. Dishonest lawyers and dishonest judges, people that have their own way of thinking. And one of the questions probably comes to our mind, well, Pastor Mark, let's just think where we were. The tribulation is done, and we go right into a thousand years of paradise. Well, right after that paradise is a new heaven and a new earth that's going to be created. Why don't we just skip that? Why did God put this thousand years in here. Why don't we just go over to heaven? Everything's perfect. Brand new heaven, brand new earth. We'll get to that later. Why God put millennium in the middle? I'll show you why. It's going to be very important for you to understand his love and his heart for people. Remember this principle? God wants no one 
to perish. But here's another thing. The greatest freedom man has is to choose. Choose God or choose to reject God. Everyone has that. That's the greatest freedom God ever gave us. Choose you this day who you will serve. So you can never blame God if you end up separated from God forever because you chose it. Now, mostly you chose it because Satan deceived you. So here's one reason for the millennium. To reveal man's sinful nature and that everyone needs a savior. I'll show you how that exactly works. Another reason for the millennium is to fulfill the Lord's prayer. Your will be done on earth. God's will is never done all the time on earth at all. I want that in my life. You want that in your life. But the world doesn't care about God. And so they rebel against him. Now, in Revelation 2.27, I'll read it to you. It says this. He, Jesus, will rule them with a rod of iron. Whoa, that sounds like <clears throat> just going to take care of that. No, it means this. Tough, honest justice because Jesus is righteous. He knows exactly what's happening. Now, you're going to see in a moment how that's going to work. During the millennium, the citizens of the earth, of course, they're all believers when they came in, and they'll acknowledge and submit to the lordship. But there'll be times, and you'll see why in a moment, that there has to be enforced righteousness by Jesus on the earth. And when that uprising comes, God will send even us and, and other people out to say, settle down, we're not going to have any kind of this. Nobody's going to be hurt. You don't have any weapons, nothing like that. You just need to be at peace, and we're going to go out to do that. Now, understand this. When we come into the thousand-year reign, there's going to be actually two kinds of people. It all starts with one type of people. You and I, when we came down with Jesus at the end of the tribulation, the second coming, what kind of body did we have when we came down with Jesus? We had a supernatural body. Because we'd already been in heaven. We were waiting for the second coming. So when we came, we had our perfect body. But there's other people that go into the millennium. And these are people who are Christians, but they weren't killed during the tribulation. The unbelievers were all killed. So the people going in to the millennium were Christians. Now, as they went into the millennium, what kind of body did they have? They had a human body, just like this. They had not been gone to heaven and got their glorified body. So you have those of us walking around that came from heaven, and we're here, we have our glorified body, we can go anywhere and do whatever we want. But these people come into that tribulation. In other words, everybody is in there is going to be a believer. Now, you have a thousand years. Let's see how smart you are. Let's see if you get this. You have a thousand years, and we're not having any children because we're in our perfect body. Marriage is done. We're finished. We're just loving everybody. But here comes these people who are in their bodies, just like your body and my body. Okay, they come into the thousand-year reign. A thousand years in your marriage. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. 
As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Hear your